Hi lovely people, this is Leah here coming on to speak to you before you start listening to this week's podcast. Um, We at Team Rapture really care about you and understand that some of the topics that we discuss in this week's podcast may stir up some emotions for you. Please follow us on our Instagram page which is Caught Up in the Rapture as we are posting services that will be helpful to you in seeking support if any of the areas that we discuss are relating to traumas you may have experienced. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Take care now. Hey lovely people, welcome back to our podcast. It's me here, Leah, with Lauren and... Crystal is our special guest today and Crystal sounds really faint and very shy so we're going to have to as as usual we're going to have to warm her up a bit and hopefully (laughs) she'll soon be taking over things so okay Uh, Lauren do you want to get started do you have any question yes I do so obviously you know we like to give our guests some questions when they come on take a sip <laughs> <laughs> don't worry don't worry we're, we're not unkind you know <laughs> you don't bite yeah the toys do that <laughs> um would you say during sex you're a talker or a moaner i'm definitely a moaner okay i, I don't think i feel like that comfortable talking for some reason during sex yeah I understand that as well I mean I think I don't know that associates me like for me it's like porn you know you hear there's certain things yeah. that people do in porn and you just think yeah that's just for porn world yeah. no one really <laughs> talks dirty like that it just doesn't yeah. make sense like oh yeah do it to me yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you're amazing oh Oh no! It's right there, right yeah, there. That's it. Harder, harder. Mm, no, it just sounds fake. <laughs> so like, but the thing is, though, I've heard that the the fellas, I heard they like that. I heard they like the women to be yeah, like I've been like women to in a situation themselves. where someone said to me, you know, tell me this, tell me that, blah blah yeah, blah. They do, and I find it kind of awkward as well. Yeah. I'll just mm. be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, mean, I think the, the most I might say is like faster or harder sort of thing yeah. but, but yeah. beyond yeah. that it just feels I have said right there I'm not gonna but lie I have, I have to, said I right have there to, because oh, yeah. I've got yeah. to the point now where you know I need to make it so yeah, yeah, yeah. right there right stay stay right do not fucking move, move. stay no. right there yeah. right there a hundred percent yeah Okay, but yeah, yeah, I think sometimes you do need to get the odd word in, but I'll definitely say personally as well myself, I'm a moaner. Yeah, same. I'm definitely. I've I've had it's the it's the name they want you to say their name like say my name say my name and it's like oh, yeah hey that yes and it I think for me it's vulnerable I feel like it takes a lot of confidence but it mm-hmm. does feel vulnerable to just say all right Tom Tom yeah oh Tom like I don't know like it's just James. Tony, you know, like. <laughs> well, I've said the wrong name once. Oh. But it was just, it was because I just was, I couldn't concentrate and they were just like going at me and it's just like I said the wrong name. 
I don't think they noticed or they just didn't care because I knew I said the wrong name, but they just, uh, yeah, kept on going. They were, they were, they were balls deep, you know. They were <laughs> <laughs> so they don't okay, care as long said? as they're in it, as long as they're getting there, what they're getting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, no questions were asked afterwards, so that was fine, and we stayed together for some time after that. So it's okay. all good. It's all good. Okay, question number two. Um, Have you ever had an orgasm at work? No, because no no any job (laughs) not the current one yeah no (laughs) um no they would send you a little dirty message and you're like oh let me get to the bathroom the thing is so i've been in my current job for so long that like the job i wouldn't remember so i don't i don't think so i think i may have got turned on like if Mm. i'm flirting or i'm talking to someone that I'm talking to I'm feeling um I think that yeah actually I've, I've definitely got turned on I think for me not orgasm but I think I, I can get a little bit wet I think mm. that happens to me like I can get a little bit wet and I'm like oh <laughs> my, clutch my pearls grab my <laughs> pull up my panties <laughs> but um other than that you know yeah wow it's awesome saucy though <laughs> it's not by force <laughs> it's not a must you know have you uh yeah okay yeah yeah is that due to you or due to no that's due to well single effort okay. but double effort like you oh. know that that sexting type of oh. situation yeah 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 okay you know I mean I just think that you know my contacts just got cobwebs on them right now and I don't have anyone to be I mean I do (laughs) before you say anything I have people that I talk to but I think that yeah I don't know not that level conversation yet not that deep yeah 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 fair enough so let's just like because I know that Crystal has been also in the um the online dating dating yeah are you on hinge as well so you're both having a hinge experience at the moment yeah, yeah. and hers is very different to mine so i think it'd be good for you yeah, to please tell us experience and how you find it okay is, is there anything particular like you want to know about my hinge experience how long have you been on hinge so to be quite honest i've been on and off dating apps for probably the past five six years okay um, i'll have them and like i'll meet someone i'll delete it and i kind of always go back just because i think that i am quite i work a lot i don't i haven't i haven't been able to go out so much so i think it's like the primary way that i meet people yeah um, and also i can be quite shy in mm-hmm. social settings so i don't tend to be able to meet you know guys um or talk to them so i think like for me i've used dating apps a lot um, but I would say that I've met a lot of people that are very interesting that I wouldn't have met had it not, like, we wouldn't have crossed paths. Um, so, 
you know I've had a, a mix of experiences <laughs> like I've met some nutters I'm not gonna lie <laughs> and I've met some guys that are really cool and it's you know developed into like a relationship and I'm like and some have just developed into friendships yeah um so I'm quite pro I am quite pro internet dating like I think that um it's just a, a great option to have and um in some ways it can be a little bit easier you meet a lot of guys that you just didn't cross paths with but that are still very like interesting and and different and I I, I quite enjoy it I've got got about three hinge bays going at the moment <laughs> yeah options yeah, yeah. she got options <laughs> interesting yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like you have, like if you meet someone, they ask for your number, then you go on a date. It's a bit different because you've met that person already. So how do you feel about going on that first date with someone? Because you don't know that person, they could be pretending to be someone else. Like Mm. it's only fears that you have. Yeah, they could be a catfish. They could just generally be a psycho. Yeah, yeah. So Um, I'm very, I'm very like careful. But also like, you know, if (laughs) on the hinge, you know, for me, it's a program and there are levels. So, you know, the mm. first level is match. And if I'm liking your vibe based on like, the conversation we have, then maybe we'll like do the in-app phone call because you can have a phone call in-app. And maybe if I like that phone call, maybe you'll go to like level three and that's like, you get my number. And then, you know, if you get my number, maybe we'll video call. And if I like your video call, then maybe step four or five, we meet in person. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I really do t- try to take it like step by step that's mostly to protect myself but also just mm-hmm. not to waste my time and to preserve my energy um so yeah does that answer your question that does answer my question yeah. thank you yeah there's okay. levels to this shit there's basically. levels basically if you're gonna catfish me one of those levels you're gonna get found out but i've never been catfished and i think that is because i do protect myself mm. um and i think that I tell a lie though I haven't been catfished but I have been I have had an experience where recently I met up with a guy that didn't look like his pictures <laughs> um because his pictures were all very old mm-hmm. and I kind of had a feeling because when we video calls I was like oh oh but I still because we had been talking for so long it's just during lockdown isn't it mm-hmm. we were talking for so long at this point um yeah, I was still open to. Mm. But I just like, obviously didn't work out because you didn't, you wasn't. Yeah, like there were other things as well. But mm. I also thought that's like, come on, like have a bit of common sense. Like if you're, you know, you know in yourself that like, you look different now. Mm. So, you know, common sense is that you take pictures that reflect who you are now, not who you were seven years ago. You look very, very different. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing, fam? <laughs> you see, the thing some that I found that as well. Like I, I spent a lot of time when I was on these sites. I'd be flicking through. I spent more time checking out the pictures and going, "You are not looking like that right now." That was taken five six oh, so years ago oh. oh yeah I sit there and I just go for them it's like that it's obvious that they don't look like that anymore especially you can see yeah, yeah. the pictures are aged technology has moved on so it's not so pixelated yeah so um I spent so much time just going oh yeah you're how old no I don't think so <laughs> and because obviously I'm I'm in the the, the bracket of like over 40s yeah on the site 
some of them are really really trying to act like they're younger so that mm-hmm. so it'll be a guy that is maybe in his 50s 60s but trying to say that they're in their 40s and it's mm-hmm. like bruv you don't look it you don't look it at all I see that a lot you know I actually see that and I'm like that's not your age <laughs> you, know, like, you don't look yeah yeah so I the thing is I had more fun doing that and just screenshotting various people and going and showing them to Lauren and going Lauren look at this person they're trying to say that they're this age and they're not that age I think we even saw someone that we knew and it was like holding that person (laughs) but you know what yeah that brings me on to something very important when it comes to hinge I'm here for the band I can be scrolling through, scrolling through and just catch so much jokes. Mm-hmm. I sent that one the other profiles. day that looked like Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh my God. Like, oh my he God. looks like Whoopi Goldberg. He actually did, I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry It was to crazy and I didn't like, I felt bad screenshotting it a little bit, but not so bad. Like, but I've got my friend yet. He looked like Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. I even had to show it to my mum. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my friends and I've screenshotted him like bare, like hinged, like things that I've seen on like mm-hmm. hinge and stuff. Like just if it's just cringe bars or like it's just so funny. Like just some of the funny. Give us an example. Go okay, on. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see, let's see. Um, so this, okay, this one is an example of a terrible like chat up line. So he likes my photo and like mm-hmm. if I like him back, that means we match. Mm-hmm. So his opening line was, you smell that. And then I say, me waiting for you to finish. <laughs> and then he says, firstly, it smells like the Jubilee line when you're rooting to Central for us to have a drink. Oh. Secondly, I what? find you... <laughs> how cheesy. Secondly, I find you delicious and I'm interested to see where we take this. So how's your Saturday going? Ooh. And I was just like, oh, and it got worse because I replied saying, like a week later saying, as you can see, I'm speechless. And he was like, <laughs> It's okay then, give me a WhatsApp. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, hell no. Uh oh. <laughs> but this is the thing, it might not have worked on you, but they feel that's going to work on someone. Someone is going to take that bait. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. What did the one say to me? Something like, come give me those saggy tits or something. Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Where do you think he's going to go? Get with that. And my tits are really perky, so I don't really understand <laughs> how he's saying, come. Yeah. Let me. I don't know what he said. Something about saggy tits. Let me see if I can find that. It was very cheeky. I was gobsmacked to be quite honest. Listen, I just. I mean, the guy that I was talking to, it started off really nice, and then it's turned into, oh, I want you to. I want you to have my babies. Are you fine with this? We just started talking. Do I know you? In it? Do I know you? (laughs) Oh, here it is. Love them saggy boobs. Love struck eyes. Can you, like, am I meant to respond to that? What well, am I meant to say? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Why is that? I just X that straight away. Okay, so this has brought me onto something really funny on Hinge. Mm-hmm. So, like, you see, group pictures, yeah, it doesn't work because I'm always going to want your friend, fam. And then I'm going to, you're going to get upset if I like <laughs> yeah. you, like, but your friend is your friend single. But it's so funny because on someone's profile, it says, I'm weirdly attracted to you your mate in the group pic <laughs> but it's true <laughs> yeah but yeah him just is is hilarious so what do you guys feel about mm-hmm. 
Sorry, I just cut the wine. Yeah, just <laughs> what do we feel about what, Lauren? <laughs> what do you guys feel about um double dates? First double dates, like the first time you're meeting the person going on a double date. Um no. Context. Okay. For me, context. If the friend that I'm double dating with, it depends what you want. Like if I'm like on a relationship thing or if I'm really serious, then maybe no. But if like it happened spontaneously, like, you know, last week when mm-hmm. there was a situation where like this guy was having a like a games night and mm. just by, you know, like by coincidence, he was local and stuff like that. And it could easily have been, you know, like, oh yeah, let's just roll through. I think in some ways it can be even better, you know? I guess it would it would make it things easier. It wouldn't be so much pressure on you. Yeah. But if I'm trying to get to know you, I don't really want to be having that discussion with someone else and having someone like Lauren just butt in when we're having a little moment. Do you see what I mean? Sorry, Lauren, I'm, I'm just saying. Perfect, <laughs> you want to use as an example, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> no, but do you see what I mean? It's that kind of like someone feels they need to <laughs> say something and it's not the right <laughs> wow cut into someone once you know <laughs> once no but that was just <laughs> it just happened but can you imagine that, that you're on you're on a date with somebody and you're a quite shy person or you're not so much you're shy you're just you know holding yourself you're being reserved because you're meeting this person and your com- communication is going great but the next couple they they're quite loud and brash and they're just taking over the conversation and and it doesn't necessarily work how do you get that combination right for all of you because maybe they want to be all hype, hype, hype. And you might want to have that just nice, calm conversation. Mm. I su- yeah, I suppose that it depends on the friend that you're, you're exactly. taking as well. Because mm. um, maybe not all my friends are eligible <laughs> for a double date, <laughs> you know. But some might, I think, are. And again, like, do you know what? I think it, it depends, like, what you want from dating. For me, like it might sound bad but when it comes to dating for me like my priority on a date is having fun and flirting because Mm. like I yes I am serious but I feel like I like things to I like to get to know someone naturally over time and for them to reveal themselves over time and I just don't think like me kind of like grinning them on the first date or me kind of asking them bare questions on the first date doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily going to like it's they're just gonna tell me but I want to see do you know what I mean and you want some you want time for it to unfold you don't yeah. want it to all just be like boom this is yeah. everything but I think it depends on the person as well because if it you does, and that person yeah. are really compatible you'll never run out of things yeah. to be asking questions about like yeah. you can go on for a certain amount of time and still not know some of the most obvious things but it's about not, it's that not even about them like it's not even about running out of things to say or, or questions it's more about like you can tell me something but I don't know if that's really really true unless mm. I see it yeah so you can be like I'm an honest guy like I keep it real like I'm this, this that's this, the worst thing you can and tell then me two twos, do you get what I'm saying in in but mm. I'm only ever going to know whether you're honest when I see you in that situation so what I think is great about group dates is that they show you how someone acts in a, a very other. particular context mm. yeah and around mm. other people mm-hmm. for example <laughs> for example yeah. oh no let's not go there first. 
I get I get what, what you're saying in regards to that, but I just know that you have to get the right combination of people together. Right. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely, definitely. I personally, I, I just don't think I'm here for first dates being double dates. I don't, I don't think that's for me. I think I'm quite a quiet person as well, yeah. and I feel like it's either going to be awkward and. I don't know, maybe the other couple will overpower mm. or even, you know, it might just cross paths. Like the other person might, the person I come with to the day yeah. with might want the other person because yeah. I might be so quiet or not be able to show yeah. um, my true self in that moment. So it's so funny though, because like for me and like my bestie, like growing up, we had so many first dates together. Mm. So all like, so we had so many first dates or double dates. And I think this is why I have this opinion because they were always lit. Like they were yeah, always just so back in the fun, days. So much like, yeah. Back in the days, double dates were different. Like you could go out, meet somebody, and they've got a friend, and you'd be like, and you sort of like link up an, a friend with them, sort of thing, and that happens. Yeah. It's a bit more natural. But yeah, that's how it felt. Meet, natural. Meeting someone online, you don't know them. You don't have that. You're just getting to know them. Yeah. And then introducing your friend to their friend already it's like a bit awkward okay yeah I, I no I that. a bit more awkward yeah but it was yeah. I understand what you mean by back in the days yeah you'd be like oh yeah let's go to the movies and go to the arcade or something like that and you go yeah I'll bring my friend and yeah I'll bring a friend and it's that kind of yeah. natural thing yeah. yeah but I don't know via the computer and all that kind of thing yeah the honest truth who you're actually getting to know yeah and plus as we're getting older the friends yeah. that we have are so different from the friends when you're younger there's the friends the carefree friends and then mm -hmm. as you're getting matured people want so many different things mm -hmm. and it's how they want to be perceived how you think they might be want to be perceived like when mm -hmm. you're together both different exactly. from how they might want to be perceived of that person mm -hmm. and stuff like that True. so yeah True it could turn out completely different from how you expect it to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's all the dating scene right now. I'm glad. So you will also be keeping track of you, Crystal, as well as Lauren and, you know, what's going on. We'll, we'll bring you back on to here in a couple of months time where this is all going. Cause you know, this is cuffing season now. It is, you know, so. She got free options. Exactly. That's, that's the way it should be three options and then you break it down you know yeah. the end of the year who you you feel you want to you know boo with yeah do you say boo with boo with boo, i like that yeah. <laughs> you want to be with me so yeah we'll be keeping an eye Yep, yep, yep. Don't worry, I will be asking questions. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next topic. You're all warmed up now, Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we're going to be talking about the darker side of sex yeah. and the effects of that as well. Mm. So this topic was brought to me by you guys which I think is great. It's fabulous. I love this topic because it's something that we should be talking about around the areas of consent 
mm. and how consent works because mm. consent is something that someone gives you you know the you have the right to give consent and t- take away consent once you've given it as well yeah, so yeah. you may agree to um to have sex with somebody but then whilst it's happening for whatever reason you may say hold on a minute I'm not interested or Mm. I don't like it don't do that you've got all these different things that ways that you can say no and it's Mm. the partner that you're with hearing that because I've had my own experiences where partners have not heard when I've said no I don't like this stop doing Mm. it and it's turned things sour for us as in a relationship, as well as when it's just a little, um, you know, hookup with somebody that they've taken it to a different level from what I had agreed to in the first place. So, you know, I think this is something that most females have had experience of. And sometimes we don't recognize that it has been a a case of non-consensual. Yeah. Mm And I can give you an example. I remember many moons ago when I was young, um, I went I went to the beach with a guy and we were hanging out. We've been hanging out for the last six months. We were cool. Then um, we're, in the, we're in the sea and he was kissing me and kissing my neck. But then he decided to give me a love bite. Now, I don't like those things because I don't like bruising. And... Right he was just adamant that he was going to be biting on me so he continued biting on me as and to me that's like trying to claim me as his like he's leaving his mark on me because obviously I talked to lots of different people and he may have been I don't know jealous of the fact that I was doing that but he felt he needed to mark me and that wasn't working for me that really pissed me off and I basically kicked him away and left him out in the sea and unfortunate for him I'm the strongest swimmer so he needed me <laughs> so, you know but um it's the fact that this is someone that I knew who I thought I knew and we'd gone away on holiday together but then they felt possessive of me and felt they needed to mark me in a way that I don't like I really don't like that kind of thing and even talking to him about it afterwards, he didn't get where I was coming from with the fact that I don't like it and that yeah. he needed to stop. He was like, yeah, but that's what I like to do. That's what I do. You know, I do it. And I've, you know, it's going over the same thing I've told you before. I don't like it. Yeah. And he wasn't hearing that. So yeah. for me, that was an, a, a trauma for me, I guess, because I didn't like enjoy that kind of thing. And that, that can happen at any point for anyone you know yeah yeah 100% yeah um so I just yeah just talk just talk um yeah so for me like my first time I had sex was great I don't think I knew that's what it was at the time Mm -hmm. um but I think I was quite used to like so I had, I had an experience when I was very young, when I was like, I would say maybe seven or eight of like um, an older girl, like um, kind of invade my privacy in that way. So like my brother's dad had, like he used to look after me and my brother sometimes. And there was another girl that he used to sometimes babysit. Mm. And she was maybe like 
I don't know, like five or six years older than me. And we were all kind of just playing, but like my brother and his brother, like they were boys and me and her we were girls, we'd always play together. And she, um, you know, just kept saying, oh, oh, let me see your, you know, I don't know what the word we were using at the time was, it wasn't mm. vagina, but it was some child version of that. And then I remember just being like, oh no, no, no. <laughs> like really nervous and shy about it. And then, yeah, like, and then she was trying to like, you know, put her fingers and stuff there. Um, but I com- actually completely forgot about that. Like my whole, I don't think I ever spoke about it to anyone. I don't feel like it like affected me. Mm. And I only remembered it when one of my best friends growing up um, in my in my hostel that I used to live in when I was quite young, um, she confided in me about her brother having been raping her since she was about six years old. And it happened for like years and years and years. And something about her telling me that kind of just reminded me that that happened. Mm. Yeah. And I think that I just didn't have language. I didn't even know it was wrong. Like it didn't feel, it felt naughty, but I didn't, I didn't know it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like being one of the last people in my, or the last person in my friendship circle to kind of like lose my virginity. And there was a guy in my area who, was really onto me he was a lot older than me like I was I think I met him when I was like 17 and he was like 24 or 25 mm-hmm. and he like would see me on the street or you know in my area and in my area and he would um like you know move to me and I remember saying no to him about six times and after about like the sixth time I said okay cool because I did low-key like feel very attracted to him but I knew he was trouble mm-hmm. um which is why I kind of avoided him and everyone kept saying, you know, stay away from him. He's dangerous. Da, 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 da. Um, so like when I eventually gave him my number, I gave him my number thinking that he must really, really like me because he's asking me out like so many times. So he must want me to be his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We're going to go on dates. And we're just how I envisioned it in my mind. I just thought that that then meant that we were going to have this like wonderful happy ever after yeah and when we were texting and stuff it kind of became apparent to me that it it didn't come apparent to me at first but I was confused that he had no like interest in actually taking me on a date because he knew where I lived because everyone knew where I lived because I lived in a hostel and all the local like guys who were kind of like selling drugs and stuff were always in and out Mm -hmm. um him and one of them so everyone knew where I lived I didn't have any like like that kind of so you didn't have that protection either you didn't exactly. have exactly any- yeah, yeah yeah so um he would come to the hostel and he would either like knock on my door or he would call me and say and, he, and I was like oh you have to take me out I have to go on a date and he was just like you know um didn't say no outright but it just never really happened and then I remember like he came around one time the, the first time I let like after a lot of like push and pull for a while I actually let him in and I just remember like the moment he walked in, he was like trying to kiss me and trying to take off my clothes. Like there was no even talk. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, because I wasn't that experienced anyway. Um, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, um, no, I don't want to do that. And I remember him getting really, really angry um, and um, saying that I was a tease and stuff like that. And then leaving like abruptly. And that's at this point, like, what was that sorry just saying that that's the thing they put it on you that you are it's your fault 
but this yeah, is yeah, yeah. yeah and make you think oh should I, I have to do this because you know I'm wrong for saying hi when I'm passing you every and day I, yeah and I believed that actually I felt mm. really guilty like it was like oh gosh yeah maybe I am being a tease and da 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 um, and then I remember him leaving very abruptly but I was at this point it was like I had developed feelings for him because it was mm. like this was someone who I was attracted to who was very confident he had so many qualities about him that I was very drawn to mm. I knew it was a little bit dangerous but at the same time I think I yeah I was just very I was I was young and I didn't think I had that discernment mm. and I was very naive like I thought that I could like maybe influence him to be better yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know um but anyway so he left abruptly like very angry um and then he would kind of just like maybe just call me when he was at the hostel or just call me randomly um and then like I remember like being so distraught about him like to my friends and saying oh how come he doesn't call me enough he doesn't text me enough like he only calls me and I didn't put two and two together to know that these are the signs of a guy who's just not serious who's not invested mm. in you who frankly he probably doesn't really care about you and just wants for some yeah but I, it never occurred to me and but I you was young and saying I think when yeah. you're at that age those are the things you're thinking about it's only till you have that experience that you get that knowledge yeah, yeah. definitely it's not so much age it's about experience because yeah. majority of us females yeah. we all go through this whether it's someone our age or it tends to be someone older that we tend to to be mm-hmm. with because we think that they've got more you know experience and they can teach us something but we all go in with this naivety of you know this is what it's about and unless you've got that guidance and a lot of parents don't talk to their children about having healthy relationships so you're just going by what you're seeing on tv Mm. and what you believe it should be so you enter into these things and then when it's not happening the way it should be, you are questioning, oh, am I doing something wrong? Why is it not the, you know, why why is he not changing? I'm trying to show him there's a better way. And so many of us have been there where we meet the bad guy. And it's not because we really, really want the bad guy. It's just that he's he's more charismatic than the nice guy. And so- And also I think, yeah. And I think also in my case, it was one of those ones where it's kind of all I had access to. Mm -hmm. I didn't- know the nice guys because in my area that's all there really was yeah and also like I was in like two hostels and in the first hostel like I remember I was dating a nice guy then mm-hmm. but like I just felt like when I brought him to the hostel all the the, the you know the the gangsters and all the the bad guys in the hostel were really it was a very intimidating experience for him yeah and I just I didn't have faith that he could really protect me mm-hmm. from them or I felt like I would kind of do in putting him in more danger yeah through making him come to my hostel and stuff like that so it was just so yeah it was it was about the fact that like it just didn't I, yeah like I didn't know enough nice guys quote unquote but also like it just didn't really make sense because they like I, I felt like I was I was throwing them into the lion's den and and at that, point for you, at that point for you, you were needing protection. You needed someone that could take care yeah. of you, keep you safe yeah. in your environment. Yeah. And those that, yeah. you know, the nice guy for you wasn't able to do that. But then yeah. there's this guy that's showing you he's a nice person and he's got potential of being a better person than what he's doing right now. So you kind of hope that 
him being with you, seeing who you are can yeah. grow on him as well as him being able to protect you, protect yeah. you from what you're experiencing. Yeah, and that was 100% what it was. I really thought that it, once he gets to know me, once he gets to see, you know, how hard I work and this about me, I mm -hmm. really thought in my mind. But the reality is, the bottom line is, he didn't care. Mm. And uh, long story short, when it actually happened, um, I remember we hadn't spoken in ages. I bumped into him in a club and we exchanged numbers again. And I remember like, I was so infatuated. Like all my friends at the time would say, like I was just, I was almost obsessed with him. Even though I wasn't constantly like messaging him, I was always thinking about him. I liked him so much. Mm -hmm. And I remember like messaging, messaging him one Sunday morning, just asking him how he was doing. And um, he took that upon himself to literally come to the hostel. And it was like a Sunday morning, I remember, no, actually, no, I think he said something like, oh, what are you doing? I'm gonna come over. And then I was like, oh no, like I'm not ready, something like that. Anyway, I got in the shower, came out and he was like knocking on my door. And I think I had just, I don't know what I had on, or maybe it was before I had a shower, I can't remember. But it's I remember relevant. like I was Is it relevant what you had on? Yeah, but but, but it, no, it's it's relevant because I remember all the times before I was always wearing jeans, which is why it was so hard for him oh, to okay. see thing. But yeah. what I was wearing like, on this occasion was harder for me to have that battle with him. Mm -hmm. Um so because of the time where like he told me to fuck off one time and call me a bitch and he said like you know, I was teasing him and stuff. So because of that, and because I was scared that he wouldn't talk to me again, I answered the door. Mm -hmm. um, and he came in and we were talking and we kissed and long story short, like he started kissing me and cause you know, in my hostel, it was, I only had a bedroom, it was like a studio. Yeah. So the only place to sit was on the bed. So mm -hmm. we were on the bed and we were kissing and he kind of just like, like forced himself onto me and on top of me. And I remember just like, you know, like asking him to like stop and, and to come off and he wouldn't. And I remember like, I remember like just having a bit of a struggle, but his kind of like body weight being on me and trying to, you know, saying I can't breathe and you know, all this kind of stuff. And he just wouldn't, you know, and it was very easy for him to just slip off my shorts and, you know, just do his thing. And, and yeah, like that, that was my first time and that's how it happened um and it was really weird and I don't think I realized that I had been raped I don't I don't think I realized that till I think I knew that something I had been violated mm. in terms of the language for it I don't think because I, I didn't that's not what I said to my friends I was like oh yeah I lost my virginity like that's what I said to my friends mm. um, at the time and he long story short he went to prison not long after that um, he ironically he actually had like two rape charges <laughs> two or three other rape charges but he didn't um that's not what he went prison for um and um shortly after that I actually met um the guy that would have been like consensually my first mm. um because I think I was like quite traumatized from that experience I lied to him and told him that I was still a virgin and um long story short when we had sex um, I started getting these like symptoms and um, I went to get checked and found that I had chlamydia um, and then I didn't know like what to do obviously I told him mm. but he was like like didn't trust me and he was like you lied to me did it there and I was just like well you know it's complicated like I couldn't really bring myself to tell him that 
that was the experience that I had. Um, but then at the same time, even to this day, like my friends say, but he also could have given it to you. But you're just assuming yeah, that, that it was, it was yeah, like mm. it was from the guy before, but exactly. like he could have. But the thing is, like he he said that he had gotten checked anyway, so around about the time that we did it. So I don't know, but anyway, that ended up in like us kind of being that becoming a very toxic relationship, um, and like a lot a lot of that's a whole other story, <laughs> the madness that happened um, in the time that we were seeing each other. But um, yeah, like that was that. And then um, a similar, I had, so I had an ex another experience in around 2012 where there was a guy that I was seeing. And I think that my first experiences of sex, I think they just really, really traumatized me. Mm. And I didn't think I realized. So whenever I was like dating guys and they wanted to have sex, like, whenever it came down to the actual, I could do every, anything else I could do, like the kissing, the touching, but when it came to the actual sex thing, I would kind of just like freeze. And I would kind of just, even to this day, I still am really funny, but I would like freeze. And I would like, just get really, really fearful and scared. Um, and I remember like um, being with this, seeing this guy that I really, really liked when I had, yeah, um, when I was in like uni, and um, we were seeing each other for a while, but I couldn't have sex with him. I couldn't bring myself to have sex with him. And we were seeing each other for a good, maybe two or three months. And he really, really wanted to have sex. And mm. I just knew I wasn't like there yet. And um, long story short, one night he came over, and this is when I was in halls. He came over one night and we were like drinking. I had drink, he had drink. And I got like really, really drunk quite quickly, mm. um, but, it was so different to another any like other times. So I remember like drinking like Disarono and getting waved. And then I remember drinking some of his drink. And then I remember kind of just being like in and out of like consciousness for like a long time. And then I remember like waking up one time and then like laughing like hysterically. And then like in a split minute, like just crying. And then the next minute I'm like vomiting. And then I remember like, like I, there's so, part, so many parts of the night I like blacked out and I remember like waking up and like just seeing like like he had like four heads like I just you know like my vision was just hazy and then I remember like the next time I woke up he was like on top of me like I was like you know face down on the bed and he was like on top of me just like like hammering me mm. um so yeah like that was uh like the other time after that um and my friend said that do they think, think that he put something yeah that's what's about to ask you you know do you think he did lace your drink it is so wild when because it never occurred to me that he would have done that when my mm. friend said that but when my friend said that like I was like it was so it was it was a similar I felt really like silly because it was it felt like a similar moment to the first time in the sense that I felt like did I just walk into this do you know what I mean but then with him it was just like I trusted him so much mm. and the image that I had of him was just so sweet like one of the reasons why I, I liked him so much is because I thought he was just so sweet and so kind and so loving and I just didn't think that he would do something like that but the reality is like I woke up and he was on top of me mm. do you know what I mean and he knew that mm. I wasn't mm -hmm. conscious do you get yeah, what I'm saying yeah. so how can I put it past him that he wouldn't have put something in so my what was drink. the what was the relationship with him afterwards like did he 
did you like, have that discussion with him to say, you know, I wasn't? No, so we didn't, I didn't discuss it with him and I didn't like, like I didn't, but I just couldn't bring myself to see him again. Mm like did he try to see you like did he try to yeah yeah. like he was like oh because we were all we were pretty much like almost like together yeah Yeah. and yeah like he was kind of like messaging me like wanting to see me and stuff and I just couldn't like something he didn't put two and two together that there was he probably did but he never mentioned it no no so yeah yeah so I mean this is the thing, so many women go through this experience and don't, as you said, don't recognize it as being rape and almost put some of the fault upon themselves that maybe if I did something differently, if I was doing this, I should have said this, but it shouldn't be that, you know, it's your fault. If If you didn't say yes to something, it's as simple as that, it's non consensual. and so whatever the experience I I mean I can give you examples as well of that non-consensual forced upon as you said that kind of body weight control where they've placed themselves on top of you to control you into forcing you to do something I've been there I mean fortunate for me I had I knew a technique that I was willing to use even if it meant that we were going to go to war that night in the room but not everybody is feels in that way that they're strong enough to even yeah. try to get away. Say, even say, yeah. sometimes you might try, and then afterwards you just think, "What's the point?" Like, yeah, yeah. you might as well yeah. give up. Yeah, I've, I've I think, been, like, Sorry, go on. Yeah, and I just think like for myself, like maybe as a protective mechanism, but I think like the way that I've learned to safeguard myself in those experiences is to just not to just like try as much as I can to just to not have sex to be honest like I kind of just deprived myself of sex but then I never really associated sex with pleasure anyway because of those experiences but I think that's how I've kind of safeguarded myself all these years and like just I have to really really like sex for me is about trust like 100% Mm -hmm. it's about Mm -hmm. trust and safety and I just can't even come close to and I have had some situations like over the past couple of years where I've got close with a guy to more soon than I felt comfortable with and it's always ended in me just feeling like really scared like really frightened mm-hmm. um so yeah like I've I've yeah like it's it's a weird one but I think now when I talk to guys like it takes me a long while to be in a position where I feel like I can actually open myself up to them to them in that way mm-hmm. yeah so I mean have you had what have you done for your own well-being and mental health around this you know have you seeked any therapy or groups to discuss it because yeah. it's a lot to hold in and as you said you're set the way that you safeguard yourself is just to stay away from it but mm-hmm. it's meant to be a pleasure it's meant to be pleasurable it's not meant to be something that you comes with a fear within it and for you to move forward with any relationship be it that it's physical or non-physical you need to feel comfortable with it you know I think like so I have like had some experience of therapy and stuff like that but to be honest like it's never been the biggest pressing concern for me like it's never been something that's really come up that much in therapy because I just feel like there are 
there are other things that just have always yeah. seemed more like you know like more mm-hmm. pressing and that I've addressed mm-hmm. and therapy there but I would ironically I would say that the healing aspect on the flip side is like the other side of the coin is that it actually has been the relationships with the men that I feel have held me and have listened to me and have that's what's been healing for me so when I have met those men that are just you know patient and kind and take their time and all they want is to listen that's actually probably been the most healing thing in that way like Mm -hmm. just those men that have you know like have been the complete antithesis of those first you know those those earlier experiences I would say and Mm -hmm. and because it comes out when you're trying to get close to someone as a guy as a woman whatever Mm -hmm. like when you see that they tense up when you're trying to get close to them or when your penis comes out or whatever it kind of comes out and if you can navigate those situations well you can have kind of conversations that I didn't know that I needed to have but were just very freeing and healing for me but I suppose with my female relationships it just doesn't come up so I don't really Mm. do you know what I mean like I don't really talk about it in that way um so yeah that's just that's what I would so when it comes to intimacy for you Mm. you were saying like you almost like avoid that in the relationship Mm -hmm. at at stages Mm -hmm. Do you feel that you're ready for intimacy now, or are you still at the stage of healing that you know you have you haven't got to that point of really wanting that intimacy? Yeah. So last year was a game changer for me because I would say prior to last year, I don't think I had had proper, like enjoyable, like reciprocal sex. Like I did have a partner in 2016, and that was like quite like um pivotal mm-hmm. in the sense that that was like a time where I finally met someone when we were having sex but it was very very painful that's the other thing for me as well like a, a, most of the time it's really painful for me um, and with him it was really really painful mm. so that was hard but he was very like nurturing and patient and understanding um but then between 2016 and like last year I didn't really you know have any you know penis (laughs) um so like it was actually last year that um yeah like just a guy that I naturally met and we had naturally bonded together and we had actually become friends first it developed into a sexual relationship Mm -hmm. and that was the first time that I felt free the first ever time in my life that I actually felt free during sex and I was we were doing different positions and like it was actually enjoyable for me and he made me orgasm and all those but prior to that you know I could it was only oral sex that I really liked um so yeah you found something within sex that you enjoyed which was oral sex which is good that you know because not everybody likes penetrative sex regardless of the fact you know of if it's to do with having um previous partners that were rough or whatever you know they've been for trauma but some people just enjoy oral or just like being touched intimately that way so I mean so it's good that you you at least had some enjoyment you were getting some enjoyment it's just that the penetrative side was not something that you were ready for in the first place but it sounds like last year someone um lit that fire yeah last year was a busy year year. I'm not gonna lie like from September to December it was a bit mad 
<laughs> there was that oh it was like a door opened <laughs> you know and, yeah but this year's been quite quiet again but you know. <laughs> well, thinking back to that joyful period of time what what were you enjoying at that point what what was the position it was it was do you know what I think like with that guy it was a combination of we, we had already built a bond and I felt mm-hmm. safe with him. So like I was saying, like sex to me is 100% about trust and safety. And if I don't have those two things, yeah. I don't think I can have enjoyable or good sex with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those two things were there. But I also think his penis was maybe just compatible with me. I also think like it wasn't, mm-hmm. the size was just, yeah. you know, yeah. quite appropriate and accessible mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um it does happen sometimes your body like it just works with someone yeah sometimes your yeah. body just it doesn't work it like, rejects that yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. work it's not comfortable yeah and it just always feels like it's a struggle like it's like you're doing yeah. it for the first time every time we do it yeah. whereas some people your bodies even after time as well not always like at the beginning the first few times could be quite bad but then mm. after a while your body's sort of like they just connect and then yeah. it just becomes more enjoyable anyway I don't, I think most first times are not great. Mm. As much as I have been someone to reject somebody just because it wasn't great the first time, in most occasions I would return and say, okay, let's try again because it might have been anything that's gone on. But mm. I did, yeah, you can't expect it to be perfect. You, you guys are still getting to know each other. I mean, you might know each other, um, you know, intimately in a sense of your minds, but this now physical act that you're doing together, it's like a lock and key. You've got to, you know, what get the key to the, the location and get it right, you know? And I think that for me, 70% of, of that is what happens before you even, before the first time. Yeah. It's about my experience of you. It's about how we connect our communication. It's like, mm-hmm. do you get what I'm saying? Like how much trust we've built. So like 70% of that is even before even sex. Yeah. And then after that, you know, it still has to be like quite, like you said, compatible, like that locking key. So yeah, like with him. And then I think because of that compatibility, we could just try different positions and stuff like that. And I felt quite comfortable and safe. Um, what do you think as well, because of your, your past traumas with sex, um, in terms of being in relationships with people, it hasn't got much further because once you have that experience with them as well like if you do end up having that experience with them and you don't enjoy it you don't really feel like this could be a long oh, time 100 but it's more the other way it's more them so i've had mm-hmm. guys like just drop me because like we i can't have sex with them or we've mm-hmm. tried to have sex or one a common one is just like they're trying to have sex with me too soon for me yeah. like a first date and you're trying to touch me and kiss me yeah. and it just feels so like i feel so like objectified mm-hmm. and like you know and then some and I've been in situations where I'm not gonna lie I found myself kind of going along with it because I'm scared to lose the guy or I feel like oh I like him and if I don't do what he wants yeah. he's gonna leave me and yeah like I had a, a situation like a couple of years ago where that was what happened and we were in the bedroom too more soon than I would have wanted and you know he tried to have sex with me and I kind of like froze and stuff and it got really, really awkward. And the same, we spoke about it. And, this, and then, you know, but he liked me as well. So he wanted to kind of talk and stuff. So he came again and in the bedroom again. And he tried. And I was, I just 
broke down crying like I just was crying that's happened to me a couple times where you know because something spiritually is just not right yeah the right environment for yourself and Yeah. yeah you do start crying I mean I've been in I was in a relationship with somebody it wasn't actually during the actual act of sex that I felt that way it was afterwards like re when I'm thinking about that person and connecting with that person everything about it didn't seem right and I even as I was saying to a friend I don't know if I told you Lauren that I dreamt of my mum and my Mm. mum passed away so to dream of my mum was a strange thing anyway like Mm. that but it was almost like she was warning me and she gave me a visual of Mm what my future would be and it was actually I was in a hospital bed strapped to the bed my mouth was gagged and I couldn't speak and that's that same guy that I was there with he was holding a baby and my eldest child was holding another baby and he was going he was asking me over and over again about two names and like demanding I give him an answer and I couldn't answer that question because one, my mouth is, was gagged and, and I was bound to the bed and it was all surreal to me. And it was like, what's going on? And my mum passed by and for some reason it stuck with me. And I woke up that morning and I, and I just, I'd moved away from him in the bed. It was a large bed and I'd moved to the other side of the bed. And he was like, why are you so far? And I said, I don't know. Something's just not right. It's just not right. And everything about that night just hadn't been right for me and I bumped into one of my mum's friends as well and she'd gone oh you're with him and everything just was wrong with this situation now um I told him about the dream and he he was like the names I used happened to be one of them was his middle name so he felt that I'd been searching for his stuff I found his passport or whatever with his name on it and so he got really really angry with me and I was like I don't know what you're talking about I said I just had this dream and so he was yeah. getting really, really angry and then, he, and then he said to me and there's twins in my family because remember there was two babies right mm. so I knew right I needed to get out <laughs> I needed to get out there and then I knew that's it there's something my mom was trying to tell me you should be here you didn't feel good when you were there you moved to the other side of the bed nah yeah. get out years later um he came to see me and he sat down and he was talking to me about something and he said um oh yeah my ex-partner and I said oh you your your ex and he goes yeah my ex yeah she tried to um frame me and I was like what are you talking about Mm. and he said oh she tried to frame me but I got her back and he beat her so bad that her jaw was wired that in the court she couldn't actually she couldn't actually say anything about him she couldn't you know read her read a statement she couldn't she didn't want to write a statement either so she said nothing in the court and he beat her to that point and I could have been in that position. And he, so he, he told you that? He told me, he sat there and told me and I had, I had to calmly just allow him to talk and, you know, finish our conversation and say, take care, bye-bye. Because, you know, you, you're not coming in my home. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And the fact that he was- so That confidence as well. I know exactly so calmly sat there and told me this wow like it was nothing 
Like it was nothing, but something, I don't know what it was that night. I just knew, no. And it wasn't the first time we'd been together. We'd been together for some time and something that night, I was just like, no, I don't like this. The way that he was with me and the way that he was like holding me down, everything about it was wrong. It was just so wrong. And I just, I can't. And he said, he said, actually, he said something to me that I need to know who, who do I serve? Who do I serve? So I need that's to. What he asked you. Yes, that's Wait, what in the dream said. or in real life. Huh? In the dream or in, in real, real life? life. In real Mad life. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the dream. No. Oh my god! No. What kind of demonic no. question is that? <laughs> and that was imagine someone's on top of you and they're saying that to you. It's like mm-hmm. he's saying that in my ears. Like, who do you serve? This story is making me itch. Right. I'm telling you, it was, it was, yeah. It's it's scary. You could be with someone, you think everything's fine, and you think they're a nice person, and then mm-hmm. it changes. And I mean, so I've seen it happen to guys as well with yeah. women that have just yeah. switched. And even you were talking about, you know, when you were younger and. Yeah a lot of guys have heard because I've worked with young people in the past in youth clubs and things and they would share that their first times tend to be with older cousins that just the the babysitter she's meant to be babysitting Instagram the other day Mm. Um, let me see if I can find it while you continue yeah so yeah a lot of guys they say that they lose their virginity to older girls that Mm -hmm. force themselves on them and they don't even know what they're doing and they're like 10 11 years old and that's how they start their their sexual journey now if that's how you are being taught because you're it's being forced upon you you know no better and then you're going to think that you are experienced and then yeah 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 i know how to handle myself but you know how someone handled you yeah that's so and then they, they're repeating that behavior yeah, I never thought of it that way, but that's so true. And so true. it's so scary because even like I've got boys, it's like asking those questions. Who did you know, who have you been around? What have they said? Blah blah blah, all these different things. And you hear things and you're like, oh palpitations, do you see what I mean? And it's like, oh, don't want to hear it, but I need to hear it. I need to know what's going on and I need to educate to know, them to know that that is not the way to treat anyone let alone a female or your partner or whoever it is and it's it's so tricky yeah. for some parents because they don't know how to have that conversation or they don't know any better yeah and I think like I think in reality it's easier to not have the conversation in some respects than it is to have the conversation absolutely because you know depending on the relationship that you have with your child you don't know how they're going to react you don't mm-hmm. know like how yeah it's, it's difficult and even for me because like I'm an educator like we have to teach PSHE mm-hmm. and one of the modules in year 10 is domestic violence mm-hmm. and I remember like working with a, a young girl um a few years ago and doing the domestic violence module and thinking I'm so glad I did this with you because when I was laying out to her certain scenarios she was so oblivious as mm-hmm. to what would constitute like you know, rape or domestic violence. I remember like, you know, giving us certain scenarios and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, so, you know, you're in a club and someone puts something in your drink and then 
you know, you kiss them and they, this happens and da, da, da. is that, or is that not, you know, like mm-hmm. rape? And she was just like, oh no, like, do you get what I'm saying? And yeah. um, she learned so much through that. Mm. So the, the talking piece, and I think it would make it, would have had made a difference for me. Like I had a lot of education, you know, in church around, you know, celibacy and, and mm-hmm. adultery, mm-hmm. but no one no, told me about rape. Right. Yeah. No one told me about rape. No one that, me again, about even that aspect of rape, it, there's rape. You could be married to this person. If you don't consent to something, yeah. that is rape. Yeah. You know, and that's where it gets a lot of people, especially some of faith, regardless of what the faith is, is the fact that they feel that they have to be obedient and do as their their husbands have wished. And no, you don't. And I've worked with um, women that are victims of domestic violence and I worked with schools as well and talking to young people. We were talking about song lyrics. Oh, what's that song? Grenade by um, what's his name? Muno Bros. Muno Bros. Bro- Muno Bruno Mars. Muno Bars. <laughs> hey, leave me. <laughs> Bruno Mars and um, the words because he he's basically advocating the fact he'll do anything for this woman. He'll do anything for her, but you would normally think that, oh, that's so cute. He will do anything for me, but it's the levels. What are you willing to do? Someone will take advantage of that. So it's, again, the other side of it is not just the female being, you know, um, abused. It's also men that are being abused as well by women that will push you to the limit to do anything for them because you are in love with them. And it's, it's scary. It's so scary because you're right. Back in the days you had Britney with hit me one more time. Mm. Who? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. I didn't. Oh my gosh. Exactly. So many, there's so many songs out there that associate violence with showing your love to somebody. And we don't even recognize that because we're just singing the lyrics, just thinking it's a song and not actually think, hold on a minute, what's going on here? And it was actually my son that made me think about the, the Bruno Mars one because he, he thought Bruno Mars was his age. So he was like, why is he singing about this? <laughs> like, he was like, why is this man singing? Why is this boy singing about romance? <laughs> yeah. It's like, why is this little boy singing about um, doing anything for this woman? And I, and I was like, why is, this, why is this man wanting to do anything for this woman? That's what I changed it for myself. It's like, why is he acting that way? But it's what you think you should do that's what we associate love with but you've got to remember you've got to love yourself you've got to love yourself and you when you know that something isn't right for you it isn't right for you regardless of if your husband likes it or not if you don't like it you don't like it and that's just that's the scary thing because i know like people of um islamic faith so many of them i not not all of them but so many i've met during my job were being sexually abused by their husbands yeah even but, uncles and, and exactly like that. exactly it goes, against, it goes against the code of honor yeah mm. how are you going to speak out how are you going to speak out it's owned by your family potentially mm-hmm. it's so it's so like sad yeah and does anyone believe you or was it your fault were you dressing provocatively what were you doing is your you know it they turn it to be you questioning, did I do something wrong? When actually, no, 
I didn't want something the individual yeah. took advantage of me yeah. but you always find a reason why it's your fault in those situations of course, you? Of course you, know, you, you always I allowed that mm-hmm. maybe if I did something different how, how do you know that that would have made any difference it might have been a different place but it still may have happened that's yeah. the only thing you know and it's identifying that you are not at fault because mm. you never asked for it you never said to that person do this to me this is what I want and even if you did if you decide that you don't like it you don't like it it's as simple as that 100%. 100%. it's just it's, it's something that troubles me so much with individuals because they think that just because you said it's okay at the beginning you might change your mind I mean even like sexual acts like um choking gagging restraining all these different things even down to a a guy deciding that they're going to come all over you and come in your face I don't want that yeah me neither right that's just it's wrong but I had but I had I remember seeing someone, I can't remember who it was, but they begged me so much to come in my face. And I was just like, I'm sorry, but no. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, I don't want that. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't want it. Like, it's yeah. disgusting. In, in sort of way, it is degrading as well. Yeah, exactly. like, why do you want to put this stuff all over my face? Mm-hmm. Anywhere on my body, I find it quite disgusting anywhere. Like, yeah. if you say, can I put it in your breast? Can I put it in your butt? No, you can't. Like, I don't want it on any part of my body. Yeah. Like, what am I? Some type of, I don't know, porn actress or yeah. what? Well, like, I find you hit the nail on the head, though. You hit the nail on the head because this is the thing. People are being educated about sex via porn. Yeah. And porn is tends to be a lot rougher unrealistic mm. and ridiculous positioning that is not true to what life is and young people mm. are watching it and believing that is what yeah. is this is what sex is about yeah yeah and I mean I, there was an example I was on the bus with some these young boys was just talking to one another and he was like oh he must have been about mm, maybe 13 and he's mm. like oh she better not come near me you know because at the end of the day she, she needs to shave she needs to shave because mm-hmm. I don't do nothing with nobody that don't shave I was like looking at him he he was so pint-sized I don't know who he was entertaining oh. but these girls will go oh I need to do this because I need to look like the the porn star 100%, 100%, 100%. and I definitely believe I was like that when I was younger I like mm. felt like I had to do things manipulate my body to appease or appeal to the man that I wanted yeah yeah and if you if if your ideal man was a movie star and the last person he was with in a movie you're going to be trying to put make yourself look like that or look like that singer that he was with or whoever you know yeah and so it and this cycle will always continue but it's important as you said um educating educating young people about consent and you know how to keep themselves safe yeah it's important as well because at the same time what someone if you if no one if no if everyone is not educated and one person allows something 
that person, that guy, where you've allowed him to do it to you, he's going to mm-hmm. be, you can do it to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes a continuous cycle. It's just yeah, like yeah. the whole ambush and Ray Black thing. Like, he's probably done that plenty of times, grab someone's mm-hmm. breast or touch someone's mm-hmm. breast and grab someone's bum. And people said, okay, cool. Like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. brushed it off. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, the sort of like, especially being like black women and being curvy or whatever yeah. and like quite comfortable with our bodies. Mm-hmm. I think we do accept certain things that we probably shouldn't accept because mm. it just sends off the wrong signal for everyone else who isn't in that position and doesn't feel comfortable about their body and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And then now look, like he's, his whole basically career is near enough ruined because of this one action he did mm. and feeling so careless about it. Mm. So I feel like everyone does need to be educated a lot more than what they are now. Like it's even good to hear that they do teach that stuff now because I know that when I was in school, they definitely didn't teach yeah. Kate that 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 um class wasn't about that type of stuff at all. No. Maybe you then like period. It was very limited that. back in the days. Yeah. Talk about and you also had parents that wouldn't allow their children to attend. So yeah, yeah, and that and it is very uncomfortable teaching it. I won't lie because, like, because of the nature of my job, I do work in the home. So it's mm. it's like you don't want to. Like it, it's just very difficult knowing that maybe parents the parents can hear the conversation, yeah. and you know, you're I'm I might not be able to talk on this perfectly. Like mm. I might not. Do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. get it perfectly right, mm-hmm. um, because it is a it is a um, uncomfortable topic to talk about. But with that particular student, I was working in the library, but I'm I'm so glad that you know we had that lesson because um, some because you know. And even like my students, like the ones that are more um, independent, tell me like, "Oh, I was on the way to the, on my way to school, and this person, this man, mm-hmm. you know, was saying this to me, and this man said, mm-hmm. oh, sexy bum, you know.' And yeah. and I've had situations where you know other teachers have had to like pull up some of these old men and be like, "She's a child." Do you get saying? So they're they're getting it. So it's it's, um, it's, it's scary annoying. it's scary because a lot of young children do not look young anymore like no, you can't they, they look like adults and it's like yeah. fair enough you shouldn't say you know if you dress a certain way you're going to get yeah. a certain you you should expect a certain type of attention but mm. children don't look like children anymore mm. yeah. <laughs> so it's, they shouldn't be these people should not be behaving like this regardless they shouldn't Whether they shouldn't like they shouldn't child, you know like they shouldn't at all but but you know what I think the the missing link is I think we're focusing so much on the the victims educating themselves the perpetrators need Mm. this education that are perpetrating the the predators Mm. they need education on because like not even to defend them but a lot of the times it's like maybe that's just what they grew up on what they saw what they see and they didn't even see the the harm yeah they don't know what they're doing wrong they think it's okay yeah Mm -hmm. so I think they need education around do you know that if you say this Mm -hmm. it has this impact on this person yeah and this is this is what I was saying about the fact that you know the cycle starts somewhere they learn from somebody and then they think that that's the right thing to do and so until they're educated differently, they are just going to continue doing it because that's like, that, that's what they think love is. They may have been in a, an abusive household themselves and seen that's how relationships are, you, you know, and so they're not going to know any better. Yeah, yeah. And, and gender roles as well. This is how mm-hmm. men are supposed to be and this is how women are supposed to be. Yeah. And I'm being a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah it's yeah. very much that so it's everybody needs to be educated to in order for things to change but a, a lot of men find it a weakness to be sensitive and you know take take on board the feelings of their partner mm. it's like no nah, that's not how it is they think it's they they think it's like you know it's not macho it's not a masculine thing to be to actually think about their partner they just go in for yeah I want sex and this is what it is and that's why your relationships probably didn't work because of that kind of mentality within those guys very very true very very true yeah and you know there's so many different levels like I was saying before like the guy he felt that biting on my neck he could mark me as his possession it doesn't yeah. work it doesn't work yeah. for me and that kind of relationship wouldn't work at all with me so yeah. I need to walk away from that we were on holiday which made it a bit difficult but you know <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's just little things like that you you get to see different sides of people at different stages someone could present to you as being the kindest person loving person you know supportive of you in all different ways but then suddenly something changes with them whether it's the male or the female and their behavior is not of what you like and that's where you have to decide make that choice for yourself that is this something that you want to work on or not yeah yeah so, it's been a very deep discussion tonight yes, but i've loved it i've actually like it's been interesting listening to it and just thinking about everyone else because there's probably so many people out there that have had the same type of experiences mm -hmm. and not even fluttered an eyelid at because it, it just seems so norm yeah so um yeah I think it's definitely it was definitely a good conversation to have yeah I think um it's important and I think I if hopefully we've hit home with somebody that has experienced sim some similar things and they now recognize that they're in a controlling or um domestic um, abusive relationship yeah. you know this I hope that it's helped somebody yeah but. and the importance of educating the people around you as well yeah yeah it's so important to talk to one another and this is what the key thing about this whole discussion it for us is talking about these things and how people have moved forward from it you know and having healthy relationships going forward yeah. And I feel that majority of people do not have that love story first time with somebody. So it's that kind of, yeah, the realities of the world yeah. and making that first time, the first time with that next individual and making that the one, the, the most important thing for you than dwelling on the past of what may have happened. Yeah. And, you know, taking care of yourself and learning about what you want as an individual that's what the whole point of our rapture you know finding that intimacy that pleasure is part of self-care yeah so you know overcoming these things is part of it too there's no point in us talking just about all oh, the joys of sex without talking about the darker sides of things and how it affects people so thank you, Crystal, for being so open with us. And um, as I said, I hope to hear more from you in regards to your hinge journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> and also, um, 
every person gets to add to our playlist a song that you know gets you in the mood so what's your song um um so i'm gonna go with tink surprises tink surprises now this is one i don't know of so i'll be going to listen to that and i'll be adding it to our playlist on spotify so yeah thank you so much miss lauren would you have to say anything you've been very quiet i know i was super quiet today but i was literally just listening i think yeah Lee, you had it you had it all done you did you had it all under control mm-hmm. yeah but um no it was definitely a good topic that we had and i think it would be definitely good to speak to more people in regards to this and just hear it from a guy's side as well because yeah. obviously we always hear this thing from the woman's point of view and i think it'd be nice to hear not nice to hear but educational um in a sense and informative to hear from a a guy's side as well absolutely um how they feel um in terms of you know going about like the whole process of having sex with someone and the just before like how do they feel um attempting to have sex with girls and how do they feel about asking for the consent and Mm -hmm. Uh, just the emotions that they go through during these mm-hmm. times as well I think that will all be interesting questions to ask the guy yeah, yeah um, because obviously we're put, that's putting a lot on a man that they have to take the lead with that and yeah what about you know how does that feel for them yeah because we had a conversation before this about um when it comes to having sex do you initiate Mm. and I said that typically no I don't initiate and I leave it for them to initiate but that is putting the ball in their court so it does it does leave a lot on their on their shoulders is she gonna say yes does she feel comfortable if I put my hand here is that okay sort of thing and it's like at what time do I ask for that consent is it before I put my hand there or was it before I have sex like Mm. there's a lot of pressure that might um, go through their mind so yeah think it's a good it's a good place to start and it might have been a bit longer than our normal conversation yeah. <laughs> but it was well it was well worth it Absolutely. so yeah thank you everyone and you. you know um i've given crystal a toy to review so we should oh, hopefully yeah. hear her review very very soon what what's the toy? what toy is it she's got a little bullet okay yes have fun and just to let you know she hasn't used a toy before either yeah so quite similar to our um other guests yeah it's a good starting point not something too intimidating because some of them can be intimidating so it's nice to start yes, i have tried that one and i know i don't think you know it it wouldn't really come as a a, a beginner's toy i, <laughs> I say personally <laughs> It's definitely got you know the full the full swing of power in there, but this is definitely a good place to start. I think everyone starts at the bullet anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that, so that was my first as well many moons ago. Yeah. So enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, continue to follow us, subscribe, like, and get caught up in the rapture. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Right, thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. And just a quick reminder that. 
There is additional information on support services on our Instagram page, Caught Up in the Rapture, that may be helpful to you or others that may be experiencing these types of traumas that we discussed today. Until next time, take care of yourselves and keep listening from Team Rapture.